0: You're listening to San Antonio Public Library's podcast, Tuned In. This podcast is made possible through the generosity of the San Antonio Public Library Foundation. Our sound engineer is Dan Garcia. Show notes for this episode and other episodes can be found at guides.mysapl.org slash sapl tuned in.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Edward the San Antonio Public Library In podcast team. Today, joining me have Dan Garcia. Hi, Edward. And Raquel Reyes. Hello. We have a special guest today, Kim Barry from the YWCA. How are you doing today, Kim?
2: Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: Tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization.
2: Yeah. So my name is Kimberly Berry. I've been working at the YWCA for about two years now. Uh, the YWCA is a national organization, and we have one here in San Antonio. There's a bunch in Texas um, in itself. Um, and, and San Antonio, we're kind of awesome because we're still a very community-niched um, organization here in San Antonio. We have services ranging from childcare, care, young um, kiddos to teens to adults to even seniors. So kind of from like cradle to grave in a way, um, services for everyone in the community. Um, our child care is awesome because it is um, high-quality, affordable child care, which we know is um, really helpful for adults and keeping jobs and um, plans and everything like that, um, and as well as after school programming for kiddos. So if you're interested in that, um, our youth department, which I am a part of, has a bunch of different programs in school and out of school for teens. So we have um, our Mica program, which is kind of a dropout prevention, confidence building group, um, and our E equals MC squared, which is basically a STEM focused group, right, on science, tech, engineering, arts, um, and math. (laughs) And those are offered in schools, which is really fun, um, different high schools and middle schools around San Antonio, teens get to engage in groups throughout the school year with us. We have our teen service learning, which is a social justice kind of leadership group for our teens Um, that goes on throughout the whole year, primarily in the summer, but all throughout the whole year. We have our reset program, which helps um, younger adults, elder teens with getting a job or going back to college or getting into college, any kind of help, right? We kind of say like a reset to life of what you want to do, um, helping you kind of find your path. Um, And then lastly is my program, the Teen Dating Violence Prevention Program, where I am basically on a mission to train teachers, counselors, school social workers, everyone that works in a school admin, secretaries, principals, anyone on teen dating violence prevention, understanding what that is, um, going through a uh, training that we have, and basically being a great adult influencer at their campus for their students. Um, And so that's kind of what I do. And then we have a health and wellness program, which offers so many um, opportunities as far as like quality, affordable health care to everyone in the community, um, especially targeting women and children. Um, We even have a lot of services, not just in Spanish, but we have um, a partnership with the Mexican consulate. So we help um, with incoming um, immigrants from Mexico, uh, how to get um, not just health care, which is increasingly important um but also helping them with financial assistance we have an amazing economic empowerment program at the ywc in san antonio where we help um pretty much anybody but also um anyone that has any questions about finances we have like financial literacy courses that you can take we also have wise which is women investing in self-employment and it's basically women in the community that have either started their own business or wanted to start their own business can take this class um, and it's basically, um, I think for a whole month, it's like twice a week. And it's really awesome. They go into all the details of like permits, licensure, what is legal, how to record, what are taxes, marketing, like everything to help women start their small business or kind of um, flourish their small business. Um, we help with seniors. Um, I know through COVID, we've been sending food care packages to seniors. Um, we've been doing online virtual videos for seniors on like workouts like um, that are very accessible for them, which has been really fun in all of this, right? Because I feel like everyone's really stagnant um, with the pandemic. And so we've been doing a lot to help our seniors out there. And then lastly, we have our racial justice department um, because the YWCA's mission is to empower women and eliminate racism. So our racial justice department does a lot from wage equity awareness throughout the city. Um, We do our 21 day racial justice challenge, which we do a few times throughout the year, which the whole community we invite um, to watch videos, have conversations um, and basically kind of challenge yourself every day in a different way of how um, racism impacts the community and also you as an individual. So we do a lot of things. They even have a podcast. It's new, but they even have a podcast as well. um, That's just kind of hitting the ground. Um, But basically having a lot of conversations about race and different aspects. I know one of our um, equals MC squared did it on racism and technology in the tech world. um, And it was really cool. So uh, we have a lot of awesome programs and um, things for the community at the YWC if you want to check it out.
0: Well, you'll definitely have to give us the URL for the podcast so that we can include that in the description absolutely. of this episode, because I think yeah. that would be something really great to sort of point people towards.
2: Okay. It's
0: an okay. incredible inventory of programs. That is, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm floored. I had, so I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. Just take a breath. Um, wow.
2: <laughs> yeah it's, it's a lot I,
0: of time i just remember sometimes. <laughs> we we all looked at the at the website ahead of uh in in preparing for this uh for this episode um but even just sort of taking a, a cursory look through what's available on the website doesn't really seem to capture everything right. that you enumerated yes. in that and i i mean i've now my eyes. Right. My, my yeah. Eyes are Hearing open. it out
3: loud for really, really just was like, mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guess,
2: unfortunately, nonprofits, you know, we get grants to do specific things. And so we don't really have anyone to manage our website. So unfortunately, it's been huge, especially with the pandemic, not being able sure. to get our message out to people that are new, right? Because we do have a lot of people that come back and come back. Um, but that's always our struggle is having people know where we are and also what we offer because the website's just kind of old and kind of dated and we just get volunteers to help us randomly update it. But yeah, we're definitely, if anything, we're lacking definitely on our website and that tech capacity.
1: Yes, based on that list, this will be the first of many conversations we'll have with the YWCA.
3: Sounds like it. I mean, you offer so many amazing things for the community. It's only right that we have like a partnership to let everybody know, as many people as possible know. And I think this is a good outlet for it because library, uh, patrons are very much, uh, people. I mean, obviously they're all in our community and, and, a lot of the time, they're they're in need of these programs, and that's why they use the library. They want assistance with uh, financial aid and financial literacy. And they just, they, I mean, we have people of all walks of life, so this organization it just seems a perfect pair. Yeah. Today, we
1: want to talk about teen dating violence. That's something that's very close to me. I work with teens with the with the library. We have a lot of programs for teens, and because of COVID, we switched to virtually a virtual environment, but eventually we'll open back up. And, you know, that's a problem that's prevalent in our, na- in our communities, in our neighborhood. So we just want to get an overview of that. If you tell us about that and how to identify and how we could curve that and help the teens in our community to avoid the situation. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, teen dating violence isn't a new thing, um, but it's something that every time I talk about it, um, adults are always like, I had no idea. Um, even though the adults I'm talking to are once teens. And, you know, when we do have those conversations, they do recognize like, oh, yeah, I I didn't even know any of this when I was a teen, but like recognizing what you're talking about, translating those behaviors mm-hmm. to the violence that you're talking about and naming, right? So I think that's a big thing. Um, that's what I love about being an educator mm-hmm. is when I am talking to the community, whether it's teens or adults kind of putting like what they learned and almost categorizing it into um like this touch that was unconsensual that you were like oh well boys just do that was actually sexual harassment right mm-hmm. we're putting names to behaviors that we're seeing and now recognizing like well I didn't just like it but that wasn't okay for them to do it mm-hmm. as well right. um so with teen dating violence basically Similar to if you're talking about, like, domestic violence, um, we're all kind of talking about intimate partner violence, I guess that would be the word that we use a lot. Um, so with teen dating violence, it's a pattern of abusive behavior uh, done by one teen over the other, um, either in a current relationship or a previous relationship, basically to maintain power and control in that relationship, so. Um, I think a big myth is people think that, you know, quote unquote, bad or toxic relationships when we're talking about abuse um, comes from, you know, they're just angry, um, right? They're an angry person or they're a jealous person. Mm -hmm. um, But we really don't give space for, it's actually, we're talking about a behavior and not necessarily a person. Mm -hmm. And when we kind of make it black and white of, you know, it's just bad people that do that. We're really kind of allowing a lot of other people to get away with abusive behavior because Mm -hmm. they look like a quote unquote good person, you know, or um, our friends or our community sees them as a great person. So they wouldn't have done that to you. Um, So Mm -hmm. something that I'm really striving for is kind of talking about when I do talk with teens or even adults and professionals is kind of a spectrum of Mm -hmm. relationship um, behaviors where we have healthy behaviors, we have unhealthy behavior characteristics, and we have abusive characteristics. Um, and that abusive relationships are not just abusive 100% of the time. Because um, if it was, then I think a lot more people would recognize it earlier. Um, but the hard part is, you know, that abusive partner doing this abuse once or twice, and then uh, apologizing, saying nice things, you know, giving some time and then going back to abusive behavior and then again repeating some kind of apology, waiting some time and then going back mm-hmm. to where it's hard for the survivor in an abusive relationship, especially a teen, depending if it's their first relationship, second relationship, right, kind of new to really recognize is this abuse because they say, I love you. They do take me out mm-hmm. on a date, you know, like, right. yes, sometimes right. it's bad and I don't like certain aspects, but no relationship's perfect. Right. So there's right. a lot to kind of combat and untangle there.
1: Does it seem that maybe teen data violence might be a pattern? They've seen their right. parents do it and then yes. they think it's okay because of that.
3: I was wondering the same thing. I hear that a lot.
2: Um, You know, I've worked with a lot of different teens, not just in schools, but I've also worked at juvenile detention centers. um, And I've just kind of seen a common thread with a lot of teens that in a way are kind of denying when I talk about abuse, like, well, miss, that's not, that's not abuse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It is because they see this a lot, you know, Um, they see it either in their own households um, or, you know, I hear a lot of like, Oh, my uncle and aunt did so-and-so. And and it's like, Oh, wow. As an adult. I'm like, that's, that's really abusive behavior. And they're like, Oh, they were doing that at the dinner table. um, And we were just eating dinner and it was no big deal. Um, So again, normalizing and being disposed or predisposed to a lot of this violence and adults not talking to their teen and just kind of like go to a room and not talking about it later, Um, basically just saying like this happens normalizing that like sure there's violence but we stay together um, instead of really focusing on like this behavior is really problematic and if you're doing this problematic behavior you're really not showing love right you're showing control um, and staying with someone just because you've been together for a long time doesn't really have any value right like you're not helping yourself or you're not helping any kids by staying in a relationship just because I you know but there's also a laundry list of reasons why people stay you know so right. that's also the extremely complex part I get asked that all the time like well why is this person staying like I like I would never stay right I get that a lot I would never say right. why is so and so staying and it's like well but you don't know their relationship exactly. you know like behind closed doors you have no idea and especially now with social media People post, you know, cute photos or anniversary pics. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you don't know, you know? So it's hard. I tell my teens all the time, especially with social media, don't judge your relationship off others that you see because you don't know the reality of their relationship.
3: I, um, I've noticed it's, you will see a pattern of almost verbal abuse before it escalates to actual physical violence and so having these teens recognize these signs earlier on like do they lose their temper over little things or do they throw things because if they're throwing things eventually they they may throw something at you or they you may be the one they're throwing so and think it's something that's really necessary for young people to to understand this and it doesn't have to be just female a lot of people just, oh, well, men shouldn't hit women. Okay. And that's fine. But women should not hit men either. Nobody should be using physical violence for anything. Yes. You know? Yes.
2: Great points. I mean, yes, because I think when we're talking about forms of different violence, right? There's like verbal, emotional abuse, there's financial abuse, there's cyber abuse, there's physical abuse or sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. it definitely escalates, um, especially in abusive relationships where it starts off, you're going to see a lot of verbal abuse of them, putting them down, you know, like, Oh, you look so fat, but you know, I love you anyways. And it's like, what, you know, like those things where it's like kind of manipulating you to have them there to validate you, but also put you down. So there's a lot of verbal abuse that happens usually before we even see Mm -hmm. physical abuse and then move into like sexual abuse, um, for example. So. Definitely. Um, you also mentioned a really good point about um, what was the second
3: part that you just said? Oh, my God, I blinked. Males and females.
2: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you made a really good point. Um, you know, your point to boys and girls need to hear this, um, especially, you know, I've been in this field talking to teens for about nine years. And it's been the same of always me asking to teach the girls um and I usually ask like okay is would you like me to come back and present to the boys have a workshop with the boys you know I can do co-ed like I throw out a lot of things um but it's very much them or I guess schools and other people kind of preventing and wanting girls to be aware when we're really doing a disservice to relationships in general right um because everyone needs to hear this because I mean even including, you know, heterosexual or same-sex relationships, you know, like it's not just a girl's or woman's issue. Right. um, Because I sometimes even make a statement with my teens of like, I walked down hallways where you know a girl slapped a guy and everyone's right. like, "Oh, what what did he do?" right? Like he did something. Mm-hmm. And reverse, when I see a guy, if I were to see a guy slap a girl in the hallway, everyone would be like, oh, "That's not Just okay. Right. Oh my god." Mm-hmm. And it's like, and the students are kind of nodding and I'm like, "Why why do you think we do that?" right? Um and basically kind of coming to that conversation of like, "Well, we think that boys can just take it or men can just take physical abuse, right? Like we already as a society tell boys to be tough and just take it Exactly. um, to where we see girls, you know, getting abused. We're like, that's not okay. But it's, it's not about who can defend themselves because some girls can definitely defend themselves, right? right? Like I've seen some fights in schools with (laughs) girls and it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And ultimately we're kind of saying that like boys, Um, We do see a lot of physical violence towards boys in relationships and girls not being accountable for that and saying like, well, you know, they looked at someone in the hallway or, you know, they lied to me about this thing. So I was allowed to, or, you know, we kind of use that language and it's like, but no, you know, like even if someone, even if your partner did lie to you. That doesn't mean that you have any excuse to touch them, right? That's a conversation to have, right? Express how you're feeling disappointed. Express that you want to make this up in some way, right? There there should never be a counter of like, well, I'm going to show you or like physically hurt you to let you know that like, you can't treat me this way because that's also not okay. Exactly.
3: And the reason I brought up the males is because I am the mother of two sons. So... I can relate to the boys not really ever getting any type of, uh, um, resources because you, like you said, they tend to gear them towards females and which granted, yes, they need to hear it, but the males also have to hear that it's not acceptable to be abused oh physically just because it's coming from a female. It's, it's never acceptable. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, everyone's going to
2: date, so everyone needs to know this information. Everyone needs to know how to be a good partner, right? Right. Not just look out for the warning sign, but like, how are you going to be a good partner? You know, because that also kind of helps with people taking accountability for their own, you know, physical or verbal abuse that they could do in relationships where it's like, well, I get mad and you ticked me off so I can yell at you. And it's like, but no, that's not how that works, Right. right? And so it's not just about Boy or girl, right? Like, regardless of that, you need to know how to be a good partner and take accountability when you are wrong. Definitely. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And you want to say something, Dan?
0: Well, I was just—I was going to mention that, you know, from my own personal experience, being the old old man that I am. <laughs> um i i mean i grew up the culture that i grew up in as a kid there there was an unfortunate amount of toxic masculinity yes. that i experienced the, the old you know boys don't cry boys right. you know you suck it up pull yourself up by your bootstraps that that mm-hmm. kind of thing and that honestly is not something that i experienced in my family my grandfather and my uncle were actually very understanding it was Coaches and teachers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. counselors and vice principals and other students right. who would, you know, uh, you, you would get ridiculed for for you feeling know,
3: some type of emotion or something, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that you never did that. Health. That
1: was yeah. Right. That was not the <laughs> or even the peer pressure because of the cultural sure. standards or morales. I don't even know what the proper word would be because you see that the person's supposed to be dominant because you see your your father's dominant or your grandfather's mm-hmm. dominant and things like that. So you just carry on the same path where it's behind the scenes. If you peel back those layers of that onion, it's really a more of an equal situation, but you only see that he's a dominant person. Right. So that's what we need to try to teach these kids nowadays that, you know, you need to investigate what you see. Everything, what you see is that it's not golden. It's more to what you see right. so you need to act accordingly.
2: Relationships are about respect and equality. And if we're not getting that, we need to address that with our partner. And if that's not happening, then that's not a good relationship or a good partner for you to be in. And that's what we really need to teach, you know, um, Absolutely. self-care, you know, even if you love someone, love is not enough. And I try to tell my teens that a lot or kind of have that conversation. And I know that they're probably not there yet, right? I feel like that's almost in that, like, or through experience of dating, you realize that, but kind of putting that seed in their mind that like, love is not enough of a reason to stay with someone that's right. treating you this way, right? Yeah, right? Or doesn't think of you enough in this way, or expects you to do all this stuff and then give nothing in return, right? right. Um, that even though you love someone so much, you can't change them. They right. have to want to change.
3: I'm curious with your program, do you have lessons on how to communicate properly to de escalate a situation as opposed to the opposite?
2: Yeah. So I'm training um, any school staff on this curriculum called Safe Dates. And one of the um, sessions in there um, for them to train, or not train, sorry, for them to um, facilitate this curriculum to their students. um, There is a great session on emotional intelligence, but also another session on conflict resolution, which is really awesome because we don't talk enough about that um, because it's important to know that when we are feeling certain things, That it's normal to feel multiple feelings at one time and only maybe show one, right? And understanding that when your partner is maybe angry and yelling uh, or you're yelling, recognizing that you are also probably feeling hurt. You could also be feeling disappointed. You can also be maybe feeling embarrassed, um, feeling sad, feeling confused, There's a lot of other things there that we want to unpack um, instead of just showing that one feeling and really Mm -hmm. kind of having the words to articulate to our partner of, I'm feeling all these feelings right now, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm just showing anger because I'm just confused, because I'm disappointed, things like that. Um, But also learning how to compromise is a big component in there as well, because- Mm -hmm you're just not going to agree a lot of times, you know? Um, And sometimes it's small things where you can kind of work it out. And sometimes it's bigger things like values or beliefs um, where you want to get to a point in compromising towards not where you are right, but that you're comfortable with what you guys both agreed on, right. You know, um, where you maybe have different point of views on religions or point of views on politics or point of views on where you want to do after high school. Right. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes it's coming to a different resolution than you thought. Um, and sometimes it's even acknowledging that like, well, I, I think this way and you think that way and that's fine. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to think your opinions any less. I am just going to respect that your opinion's different than mine. And I feel like that brings a lot of progress to just communication in general with relationships.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome that you all are, are helping I- teenagers with this because it's hard for them to know yeah I mean they're
2: new in relationships right even as adults I feel like we have hard times and we're the ones that should be looked at as experts because we're adults and it's like no even adults right sometimes in these conversations so a lot of the teachers are like oh I really like this right like this just helps me even as an adult know this information to not just help my students but friends and other family members of mine
0: Right. I'm gonna step step temporarily out of my out of my sphere. I, I work in support services, not in public services uh, <laughs> for the library. But I think that this is something that would be excellent as a tool set for our teen librarians, for our public oh, service, uh, adult services staff. Absolutely. Um, I think not just having the ability to recognize the patterns of behavior, but to help address in, 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 in our context, that would be more in an informational uh, capacity. Right. But being able to point people to the right resources and knowing to say, Hey, that behavior is unacceptable. And this is where you can get help for it. I think would be a powerful thing for the, for the library to have. And it's, um, repertoire of of uh of strategies for because we deal with i i did previously work in in public services before moving to to support and i mean i've working in the reference department at the central library i've witnessed abuse mm-hmm. like physical abuse happen right. people having it out you know and and it and in some instances for it com- becoming physical you know right. and we're really not um we're not really prepared to deal with that other right. than to you know let the security guards handle it as a behavioral um you know outside of the safe behavior that require that we require with our patron right. policy and then to involve the police department you know in in other instances i think if we had other strategies that we could use to help mitigate that not necessarily putting ourselves in in harm's way, but, you know, giving people the tools that hopefully it doesn't have to come to that if they know that there's another way to approach this, if they're aware that there's another strategy that there's, you know,
1: and that there's help out there for them. Absolutely. I was going to just piggyback on that because he stole my thought completely because we (laughs) do have the teen library and most branches have a teen space that we offer Mm -hmm. as a safe haven for teens that's just for teens. I think it would be a great you give us some eye, how to identify, you know, we can't get a training, but just some generalizations of how to identify abuse mm-hmm. and then the resources we could to point these kids to. to right. Get the help that they need.
2: Yeah, yeah. I also do, you know, just one time um or two times if you want me back, if it's a mm-hmm. long conversation we want to have. Um, but just, you know, one time kind of educational workshops for teens, for adults, for for, for professionals in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, because a bulk of what I am doing is trying to train school staff on this curriculum and how to best facilitate and kind of give technical support in that way.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but that other area of my job is to educate um, anyone in the community on this. And so yes. I am a resource if anyone wants more information would love for the organization or like you said, the library, um, you know, I can come in and we can do a workshop on right. dating violence, kind of having that communication um, point in there as well and really just tailoring it to what you would like to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, and what you would like to get out
0: of it. I think once we're at a point in this whole pandemic situation where we can be open to the public again, Mm -hmm. safely, I think, well, personally that's been one of my biggest concerns throughout this entire closure is that, you know, we, we were a safe space. Um, We were a refuge for youth and teens, you know, and a a place for them to go to escape a situation that might Mm -hmm. be, you know not safe for them yeah. um but i I think having this um information in hand will would help the the library uh would supplement out not just being a safe space but also having the capability of offering right. some
3: the resources some,
0: some resources some mm-hmm. direction, some information that Absolutely. that would be very helpful.
3: I could definitely see even maybe doing some programming. I know teens does a lot of stuff over discord and, and, you know, all of these virtual programs. And I think that this is extremely important right now. A lot of people are going through a lot of hardships. Therefore there is an increase in domestic violence. And if it, it's not just affecting adults. It is definitely affecting teens. And I think that, um, it would help them feel not so uh, isolated to know that they're not going through something by themselves, that there's, you know, other people are dealing with the same things. So I, I mean, everything, the teens kind of fall through the cracks. We all know they're just young adults. Yeah. They're, they're learning how to be adults and like you mentioned earlier, adults don't have all the answers. We definitely don't know some, uh, you know, a lot of, I know, I know I could learn a whole lot of stuff. From, I see some of these teens and I'm like, yeah, I'm learning from you right now. So. <laughs> I, I think that they, uh, they sometimes don't get as much credit as, as they deserve as young adults. They just kind of, oh, they don't know any better. Well, actually they're going through a lot of things too. So yeah, yeah they, they may need these resources just because you don't, you didn't particularly grow up in that type of setting doesn't mean that there isn't other people dealing with them.
2: Definitely. I feel like teens get that double-edged sort of, um, you know, well, you don't know anything, but also you should know better. And it's like, Ooh, I hear that a lot from parents. <laughs> you yes. know? Where it's like, well, you don't know what you're talking about when maybe their teens talk about their relationship. I get a lot of parents that say, Oh, my child's just really dramatic with their relationship and very much minimizing, which right. kind of blows me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because not many teens come to their parents. Um, so I usually tell them if your teen's coming to you about your relationship, That's a big deal, you know? And like, you really want to give some space and listen. uh, Ultimately, you don't want to like really want to give advice, but more listen to what they're Mm -hmm. talking about. So you can kind of formulate what am I hearing from them? Right. Um, Are they joking about abuse? Right. Because sometimes teens will be like, oh, well, if I don't answer my phone, then they're going to kill me or something. You know, they Mm -hmm. joke. And yes, maybe their partner is not on that scale, but at the same time recognizing like, oh, I feel like my child is very attached to their phone and having to text their partner all the time. I'm worried that is, you know, too much attachment, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting too dependent on their partner and Mm -hmm. um, yeah.
3: Maybe a partnering program where it's the the parent with the child and Mm -hmm. having them learn that emotional intelligence as well, because instead of just brushing them off and actually listening and then taking what they're telling you.
2: So, God, they yeah. they need to be so many. But at the same time it's like who knows about these programs? I know a lot of other nonprofits do parenting yeah. programs and things like that. I've worked sure. in those places and it's just you know, it's hard because basically we deal with a lot of parents going through CPS or juvenile detention or something. and That's why they're there. Yeah. And the parents love it. Like they'll tell me like, oh my God, this is only six group lessons, but like, I wish it was 20 because I don't want to leave yet. Right. Like right. I love all the information I'm learning. I love the conversations I'm getting to build with my teen, right. That I'm here. So yeah, definitely like kind of bridging that gap for teens and their parents to kind right. of have conversations in like a safe space and welcoming space is definitely right. needed
3: yes and emotional att- intelligence has always been something that kind of falls through the cracks it's not something that's taught continuously and during this pandemic that's a lot of st- people are just you know they're they're stuck at home. They're not able to do as many things that they don't have these physical outlets. And so they are st- starting to be affected emotionally mm-hmm. and, and mentally and mental health is, you know, a huge subject as well. There's so many issues that this pandemic has definitely brought to light. Not that they were not there before, but yes, <laughs> we're it's definitely seeing so them. Right? Yeah. Definitely. You can't deny it anymore. It's exactly.
2: Cool. All these things are so important to highlight. It
1: mm-hmm. didn't add to our, our winter storm, but just being having <laughs> fever to yeah. the one uh, hundredth degree. Uh, it's just it's just it's been a crazy year and twenty twenty, beginning of twenty twenty one, it's just so much stress and no right. outlet to just get out and enjoy yourself. Well, hopefully that's there's a sun there's a rainbow at the end of the end of yeah. the storm, hopefully. Coming
2: on the horizon, hopefully.
3: We we'll yes. all need that break. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So, Kim, what can we do to educate or do you have any strategies or material that we could share with the public about how to identify these things and the resources they need to call if they feel error of being a victim?
2: Yeah. Um, so there's different resources I would give out for teens or for maybe adults or even professionals. Um, one that I really like to give teens is um, loveisrespect.org. Um, And they're a great resource. I love them because they have not just like a dial-in hotline, but they have a text chat hotline, which I love because, I mean, millennials and, you know, Gen Z's like, oh, I don't want to talk on the phone. That's weird. Um, I would never do that. And so I I get that. Um, And so they have an awesome chat line where you can literally just text a number and they text you back. And so it's looking like you're just texting somebody, but you're you're actually texting, you know, a trained adult in their services, kind of helping them talk through anything, right? Their relationship, talking through jealousy, understanding maybe what abuse could look like, like how to talk to your parent about the abuse, you experienced, right? Like there's so many things you can talk about. Um, And so I really love that. And they also have like quizzes and games online for like younger teens to kind of be like, is your relationship healthy? And like, you know, you answer these little questions on the quiz and it gives you like, You know, a score range and it kind of tells you like if your relationship's kind of like on that scale of healthier, you know, unhealthier abusive. So it's definitely geared towards teens and young adults. So I really love um, loveisrespect.org has just great resources for teens. Um, Not saying adults can't go on it, but it's definitely (laughs) geared towards teens. Mm -hmm. Um, And for adults, um, that is also a great website, but the National Domestic Violence Hotline is also a great one just because they have really awesome, um, hotline services um, that they can literally call. And I give this out to everybody um, of all the different places I've worked at, you know, police call the hotlines, nurses call the hotlines, teachers call the hotlines, parents call the hotlines, call the hotlines, friends call the hotlines, roommates call the hotline. Like a hotline isn't about an emergency. Cause usually if there's an actual emergency, they will tell you hang up and call 911 because they're not an emergency line. They're a hotline, right. right? So they're there to offer any advice, but also really to listen. Um, You know, what are you going through? How can I help you today? Um, Plenty of times, uh, you know, adults just want to vent, right? Right. Like my, uh, can I tell you what's going on with my child right now? I'm really confused and they go on with this really long story of what they're going through. And then sometimes after that, they're like, Oh, I just feel so much better talking to someone because mm-hmm. you know, they're like, well, I don't know who to talk to. I don't feel comfortable talking to my friends about it. I don't want them to judge me or my right. child, or I don't know. I don't want to talk to like my parents or my family about it. Cause then that gets messy. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to bring it up to the teacher. Cause then they're going to notice. And there's just so many like hesitations and like right. worries now that it's like hotlines are really amazing and on the rise of being used because it's like, I know I can call someone that is knowledgeable. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and there to help me for as long as I need it you know um, hotlines are really great because they've taken calls for two minutes or four hours you know mm-hmm. um, forever long you need it um, and like I said teachers call the hotline sometimes of like should I report this a team kind of mentioned this you know because teachers and other people are mandated reporters mm-hmm. but you know you go through a training once you know maybe again a few years later you know because you have to for the city and everything right. but you know, they zoom past those trainings. Sometimes we're not exactly positive on like what you should report. And so those hotlines are really helpful for a lot of those mandated reporters of, uh, you know my student said this should I report it what should I be looking for um, which is really great for them yeah. um, and also sometimes you know police call because they'll have a you know interview with a team um, and they're like I don't know if I carried on the best way you know um, what should I do next time or like what services do you think I can offer them for my city because hotlines also help pull up any resources locally too which oh, that's is really great. helpful. great. Yeah. Even though it's a national hotline, they do help figure out any local resources that you could get, um, which is helpful, especially people in rural areas, um, what could be helpful. But um, so hotlines are great um, for that. Um, If you want to just read more about um, any kind of abuse and dating in general, like what's healthy, what's not healthy. um, Futures without violence is a great place or break the cycle. Both of those have just So much articles, um, about just, you know, new research that's coming out, older things, um, you know, talking about cyber abuse, um, talking about a bunch of different things that if parents, you know, are at midnight worried about their teen, there's something that they could be reading, right? That's educational and not, you know, just a thought piece, but actually has a lot of research backing it up and, um, you know, people in the field for years, you know, talking about their experiences and things like that, that they could kind of help them with their parenting or just, give them
0: some direction. Tim, if you would do us the massive favor of assembling yeah. those into a list and sending them to Edward, we'll make sure that those make it into the description of this episode. And we'll, uh-huh. we'll add them to our, um, to our lib guide, the website that we have right. for the podcast, because okay. I think it's, it's important to get those resources out there. And I think, I think social media has done a pretty decent job of raising awareness of the right. existence of a lot of hotlines um i i remember seeing a lot of you know it's national this right uh... right Hotline, and you know, I—that's a very disjointed description. But I mean, I've seen it. I—I I know I've seen it out right. there. You know, its They'll you have know, a suicide prevention, and then, yeah. You know, yeah. abuse prevention, all that mm-hmm. stuff, and and a like lot of times,
2: violence awareness now. Yes. With everything right. happening, there's so many other hotlines that have really <clears throat> specific niches that I think yeah. are amazing. Because before it was just very general, like a violence prevention hotline. So you're kind of calling for all different things, and right. now there's so many like lgbt teen suicide hotline right like there's so many niche of hotlines which i think is great
3: absolutely
0: yeah so definitely if you could put together uh with a list of the ones that you feel are particularly important i mean it it can be all of them if you want um
1: we'll 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 add them we'll add them Awesome. awesome So, Kim, thank you so much. I think this will be the first of many conversations just Absolutely. based on all the programs the YWCA offers. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate all the knowledge and resources you're sharing with us. And thank you again. Thank
2: yes, you so thank much for you. having me.
1: This was really fun. Oh, one last question. Do you prefer okay. tacos or burritos? That's
2: <laughs> so funny. Um, I was born and raised in California. So I was Burritos. A- burritos,
3: but living now in San Antonio for 10 years, I understand that tacos are better. So, <laughs> a convert. yes, there you go. That Which we little. all know a taco is just a smaller burrito. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's all good. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you today.
1: Thank you,
0: Kim. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening and get connected on mysapple.org. With Twitter,
1: Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Pinterest,
0: Flickr, Instagram, and follow tuned in on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music.